season's greetings to every single one of you. What a wonderful day. The smells of dinner wandering throughout the house. Old Christmas music blessing our ears. Laughter of family reminiscing and enjoying each other's company. I truly love this time of year. Fires to warm our souls. Eggnog to make our hearts happy. <laughs> Christmas trees, exchanging gifts, however and whatever you celebrate. I hope you find yourself in phenomenally good spirits. This year has been a crazy one with a few ups and downs. And let's all pray that 2021 is going to be an epic year as we can all absolutely use it. <laughs> now, while I was in Tombstone back in September, we ran into a gentleman who was in the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Alexander Falk was an absolute delight and incredibly friendly. So I emailed him and I asked him if he would like to be part of a Christmas special. And he was absolutely over the moon excited, as am I. There's traditions families do over the years. For the Christmas season, my family and I personally, we love having movies on in the background, like A Christmas Story, or of course, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, planes, trains, and automobiles, and what have you. I thought, even though it's not paranormal or supernatural, what a fun way to ring in the Christmas holiday than talking all things National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this hilarious comedy. Alexander Folk, welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. It seems like it was just yesterday when I had the pleasure of running into you and meeting you in one of my favorite places ever, that being Tombstone. Yes. <laughs> I love Tombstone, Arizona. Yes. Oh, I don't know what it is, Alexander, but there's something about going and walking the streets, the Allen and Fremont streets, that you just literally feel like you're walking back into the 1800s, you know? Yes, absolutely. The air is, it's Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the twins, the air is still there. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And of course, you can't forget the McLaurys and, oh, oh yes. just like... It, what an amazing place. Everywhere you go, you know, it's like you hear about Bat Masterson or, or Luke Short or Charlie Storms. And it just, that place has so much history. I just I can't get enough of it. And actually, I'm going back there next year in October for my birthday. So maybe I'll run into you again. <laughs> Let me know you're there and I'm there. That sounds like a plan. I will definitely, I will definitely do that. So... I first want to start off with saying that you are such a friendly guy. You're a breath of fresh air. We met you off of Allen Street, I believe, kind yes. of by the yeah. Oriental Saloon, if I remember correctly. And you, you, you have a great memory. <laughs> you were just so kind to us. You know, it was just we hung out with you for like five minutes, and I think I think it was just five minutes, and I felt like we were old friends. So thank you for your kindness. <laughs> No, thank you, thank you. I, I just have a blast in life. And if, if you have fun, I found out everybody around you will have fun. But if you're a sourpuss, nobody wants to be around you, they're going to not be around you anyway because they're going to run away from you. 
absolutely. Yeah, I've ran into a few people who are, like, you know, kind of famous and well-known, and they are just so mean and full of themselves, and it's nice and refreshing to meet somebody who, hey, you've been in movies, and you don't look down on people. Yeah. I, even in the business, I didn't run into a lot because, you know, I think because I have fun, people around me have fun, but I have run, I ran into some people in the movie industry, it's like, I'm in the movies and no, I can't sign autograph, I'm eating or I'm doing something and, you know, I, I know exactly what you mean, I, I ran into the, it's, it's amazing how people will treat other people, especially when they may have a little notoriety and they may meet someone that don't have as much notoriety. It's the looking down kind of a thing on another person, which just makes me want to strangle people, you know? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And the funny thing is, is that, but at some point you were just, you know, they were just regular Joes and Janes like everybody else, you know? And so... Absolutely. To me, I respect people, I treat people how they treat me, whether you're famous or not famous, a kid or an adult or my elders, I just always, you know, I'll treat you the way you treat me, and it should be with respect and hopefully some laughs. Yes, yes indeed, yes indeed. (laughs) So, you know, this may be a goofy question, but Alexander, what is your favorite Christmas movie? (laughs) That is a That is a goofy question. I was going to say, no question can be goofy, but that was a goofy question. My favorite Christmas movie of all time is really, this is no exaggeration, National Anthem's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo and myself. That is really my favorite Christmas movie. It is. It was such a blast doing that movie. And everybody was so nice to me. It was, I mean, people, I mean, they were just great. I mean, everybody on the set was just really amazing. Beverly D'Angelo, uh, she was, she, she appeared to be kind of amazed with me how much fun we were having together. And <laughs> it, it just, uh, well, everybody on the set was the same way, but I, I did feel a kind of real nice uh, attachment to the fun I was having with Beverly D'Angelo and Randy Quaid and Chevy Chase, you know. But yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And being on the set and of such a classy movie that stood the test of time, I have to say that is my favorite Christmas movie and one of my favorite movies that I have I've been in. It was really a it, it was really a blast. I loved it. I, I can only imagine the laughs you guys had during the filming of this movie because you do you like you know sitting on your couch watching this movie you are constantly laughing you know and and then with the uh, kind of annoying cousin like you know living in his little trailer park kind of like homey thing and you know like constantly at the sewer dropping something you know I mean it's just like so hilarious and then the kidnapping and it just yep. That whole movie is hilarious, and what I love is the type of movie that you can watch over and over again and not be like, okay, I'm sick of this, I'm tired of this, it's not funny. That's the kind of movie that you still laugh, you know it's going to happen, but you're still cracking up, and 
It's awesome. And so, and that's I mean, great that you guys are all still friends. Yes. I mean, people tell me they watch that movie. They watch Christmas Vacation about 10 or 15 times a Christmas season, <laughs> over and over. We did that movie 31, over 31 years ago in 1989, and it, it just, people are watching it over and over and over, 10 or 15 times a Christmas season. And as people may know, I'm the chief of police that comes in at the end of the movie, and I deliver the line, that's pretty low, mister, if I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you. And that line was not in the script originally. Chevy Chase gave me that line on the spur of the moment. Uh, and it beca- the line and the film, and that my particular line became very famous. That If I had a rubber hose line, it became very famous. It, um, a- as a matter of fact, uh, and this is one of the better, ex- not better example, but an example of how famous that line is. I was at the Minnesota State Fair, and I was walking out of this building, and a guy was going in the building, and he was pushing somebody in a wheelchair, and as I was coming out, I looked over at him, and I said hello, and he immediately looked at my face and said, if I had a rubber hose, I would beat you, and he just (laughs) walked by. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he looked at my face and just said the line out of nowhere. If I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you. And just kept walking. <laughs> and I thought that was so much fun. And I just love those type of interactions. And it, it is just great, especially when you have a, when you have you're blessed enough to be in a really special movie like National Anthem's Christmas Vacation. And people recognize you, and it stood the test of time, and it's just wonderful. I mean, I, I would have paid them to be in that movie. It was so much fun. Oh, really well. That is just so awesome, and that's so cute about that guy with the wheelchair, you know, pushing the wheelchair, saying that to you. And I have to say, it is so funny because when I ran into you in Tombstone, and I was walking towards you and you were a distance away but I saw your shirt and I think I told you this but during like the riots and stuff a retired police chief was actually murdered named I think his name was David Dorn and he was one of those cases that really stuck with me and from far away, I thought that you were wearing, like, a in-memory shirt of him. So I, that's why I, I actually approached you. And so I'm glad I actually saw that shirt because if not, I would have walked right past you. And so – and then I remember you even saying, like, yeah, you know, do you recognize this? I was in this movie. Have you ever heard this movie? And you started to say, I guess, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And I thought you were going to say something else. So I said, no, I haven't. <laughs> so, so then when, when I finally found out who you were, I was like, oh, yes, I have seen that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it was really funny how that came about. But next time I see you, I will have to say that line about the rubber hose. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing how many people, because I'm only in the last scene in the
because so many people watch that movie. Their generations, I have young kids, like I said, we did it in over 31 years ago, and kids 15 and 20 years old said they grew up watching it because their parents watch it every Christmas 10, 15 times. So they, and the people are really glad to meet someone from the movie that they've grown up with. And it is, a, it's a joy. It, it, it really is to do something or be a part of something that you love so much, you would have paid to do it. And they paid me to do that movie, and they're still paying me, thank God. I love it. It's just a blessing from God. It really is. That is that is absolutely a blessing, and it's quite amazing. And I'm so glad that you're able to be a part of such a phenomenal movie. How did it come about, you being on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? <laughs> I am glad you asked me that question. <laughs> I have one of the probably the strangest audition that I have ever had in my life was with Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I had the audition over at CBS Radford Studios in Studio City in uh, Hollywood. And if, I know a lot of people are not familiar with the studio, but the, I had to go to the guard shack and, to get, in, get on the lot. So the guard shack is about maybe 20 feet off of the sidewalk. So I get off the sidewalk and I go about 20 feet and I go up to the guard shack and I say, uh, I'm, gonna, I, I'm going to this building this room and this such and such a building and the guard tells me oh that's the building that you're going to the building i'm going to is about i would say 30 yards away 30 to 50 yards away but there is a path walking to there's a there's a path to the to the building there's nothing in the way no trees no nothing just grass and a cement path that leads directly to that building. It's like you walk up your sidewalk to your door of your house, right? It was a path. <laughs> Nothing in the way, no obstruction. So when the guard told me, he said, this is the building you're going to. And I said, okay. I knew I had a problem when he said to me, I'll tell you how you get there. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, excuse me? <laughs> The building is right there. He said, yes, I know. But I'll tell you how you get there. Okay. <laughs> I just looked at him. And I said, okay, this is really a true story. I said, okay, I'll bite. How do I get there? <laughs> I kid you not. He told me, turn around, go back out to the sidewalk, make a left turn, and go to the alley. Make a left in the alley in the first clump of bushes you come to. Go in the bushes and there's a gate that's open. Go through the bushes, go through the gate, and then go to the building. <laughs> and I laughing. I said, you're kidding me. And he said, no, that's the only way you're going to get there. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I said, okay, all right, wait a minute. And he said, yeah, you can't just walk over there. You, you have to go. And I said, okay, you have to explain this one to me. That building is right there, and I can't just walk there. And he said, no. I said, why? You please have to tell me why. And this didn't make any sense, but I had to do it. He said, it's a non-union film, and that's 
us use to go to the to go to the audition. And this is a union lot, and that's a non-union movie. No kidding. But that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Because that's a union lot, and it's a. I, I'm in the union. I'm in the Screen Actors Guild, and I couldn't audition for a non-union movie. But I said okay, so I went to the audition. And it, the movie was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. I got the part. So it wasn't a non-union movie. They were all union actors. So I never understood why he told me that. But I, that's the only way I could get to that audition was go down, go turn around, go through the alley, go through, walk, fight my way through the bushes <laughs> and go through the gate, then go. Well, thank God I got the part, but uh, wow. I just love, I love telling that story. That was just so, it was so strange to me. But it was one of those great stories that I could tell for the rest of my life. That's another thing about being in the movies or something you love. You, you have, you love it so much. You have these adventures. Life becomes an adventure. Every day I got on the set, it was new. I mean, there was a I mean, life is never the same. No day is the same. I get up and play cops and robbers. Bang, bang, you're dead and I die. And they say cut and I get up and go home. I mean, it's, you play, get paid to play cops and robbers. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. That is amazing. And it's neat that, like, I love talking with people like yourself who have been in movies and what have you. And it's, it's neat when you it seems like every single movie has its behind-the-scene moments where, like, you know, things have happened that nobody knows of. Or, like, when Chevy Chase did the improv for your awesome rubber hose scene, it's, like, things that you didn't know weren't going to happen, and yet they did. And that kind of, to me, is really neat. So we know that your character was a police chief. Talk a little more about this character. I mean, when you when you become a character, do you become a char- that character? For example, when they were filming Lone Ranger, the Johnny Depp one, there's mixed reactions. A lot of people loved it. Many hated it. But they were filming it close to where I live and mm-hmm. in Colorado. And people who approached Johnny Depp would try to talk to him and he would not talk to people at all just because of his role because he was so deeply into that specific role you know and yet when he was done he was super sweet but so exactly (laughs) yes I totally understand that yeah Uh, it depends on the character you're playing. Like if I'm a, if you're playing a jolly person, or and then you meet and you want to be jolly with people. But now if you're a, if you're playing idiot serial killer, you, right. know, you don't want to be, you want to stick be in that character. So you don't want to start laughing and joking and eating candy with kids and <laughs> change what you be the other person. So you actually, one has to become that person it's just easier to be that person than to bounce back back and forth I had an audition where when you have an audition or when you're in a part you know when it's right You, you can feel when it's right and you can feel when it's not right I had an audition one time that I didn't get the part I think I scared the casting director 
because I actually, you have acting, you have to go there. You, you have to be in that moment. Yeah. And what I, with my, this particular audition, I was auditioning for a sailor on a ship that had been called down to the captain's quarters and he was, he was reprimanding me for something that I believe I didn't do. And I was risking court-martial. But I looked at him and I got mad at him. And I'm literally talking to him. And I'm believing these words that I'm saying to him. And I'm, I found myself, he was sitting at his desk and I was in front of his desk. And I found myself, it, it just happened. Hmm. Because I was in the moment, I started coming around the desk to get him. Oh wow! <laughs> and I was, I, I was thinking I was going to get him, and I could see. But what snapped me back? I saw the look on the casting director's face. He kind of jumped back and went back in his seat, like, "Oh, whoa!" And I thought, "Oh, oh, oh, wait a minute!" And so I had to back up. But if it wasn't for that look on his face and his retreating, that little bit, I, then I thought, wow, then I I continued, but I didn't get the part, but I really know that I did a good job on that, because I, I was there, I went, I was in that moment, and that's when it feels good, when you go there, you have to be there, it's like when you're delivering lines, you can't just deliver the lines. You can't say, oh, well, I'm going to the store today. No! You gotta, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to the store today and I'll pick up certain sets. I mean, you got to believe it. Right. If you don't believe it, the audience will never believe it. There's a thing in acting. You never get caught acting. You, you are who you are, but you don't get caught acting like who you think you are. You know? Right. So... Yeah, but you definitely have to go there and be in the moment. That makes total sense, for sure. You ended up getting declined the role because you were so damn good at it. (laughs) (laughs) And that doesn't happen often as an actor. I've been acting off and on for over 40, almost 50 years. Mm. And when you, you know when you've done it right, you know. I mean, you, you just feel it. You know, and uh, it's sometimes you don't get it because of who you are and someone else is has more name than you do, which is the way it works. You know, it's the business. I mean, if I go up against, say, Denzel Washington, and if it's between me and Denzel Washington, uh, I think I know who's going to get it. Well, you you never know, Alexander. You never you never know, and you know. Yeah. So this movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, did any crazy or memorable things happen during the filming of this hilarious movie? Well, you know, like I said, I was only on it for a short time, and let's see something something crazy. I mean, I have a couple of crazy stories that, well, maybe people may not know. Okay, I don't know. uh, I'm not sure if people remember the house, the couple in the house next door where the tree falls through the window and they were kind of feuding with the couple next door. Uh, The house where the couple lived next door, 
that was actually Danny Glover's house in Lethal Weapon, where they was where they were living, and also in a little behind the scenes there. In case people don't know that that neighborhood where Chevy Chase was putting the lights up on the house, the house he was putting the lights up on, yeah, it, it was all shot on the back lot of Warner Brothers Studios. That wasn't a real house at all. They snowed in the whole neighborhood, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was kind of a blast. And also. Aunt Bethany, which people don't know, Aunt Bethany uh, Mae Quistel, she was actually the voice of Betty Boop, the cartoon. You know that she, is she, cool. Yeah, she did. She was, if you look at Mae Quistel next time you see her, she God bless her, she's passed away. But oh. you see a picture of her; her face is kind of looks like Betty Boop a bit. But uh, as far as something crazy or something like that, I. You know, like I said, I'm having I'm having so much fun on the set. I I you know I I just have fun, so I can't think of <laughs> offhand something like out of the way that really happened. But because everybody's so nice, and, right? You know, it's just amazing. It was just absolutely a, quite a quite an experience. Right, I can only imagine. And do you know how long it took to complete this movie from beginning to end? I was on it for two weeks. Okay. I, I can't say exactly what the, how the, how long this particular this particular movie was, but it sometimes movies actually can take a year depending on the stunts, the costumes, and the you know the, the depending on the script and the construction and the explosions or whatever. But films films can take a while. But like I said, I was only on this one for two weeks. So I'm not sure how long the entire film took, but I, it was it was literally one of the best two weeks that I've spent in the movie business because people were so so nice, and you know it's it's it was just a blast to do that and everybody like I said everybody was so nice the actors and everybody Randy Quaid was kind of, he was amazing to me as well <laughs> he was he, he he definitely was. That is so cool. Also, something else, I somebody, somebody had told me that I didn't think about, but through all of the uh, the vacation movies, Chevy Chase's children changed through every movie. He never had the same children in, the, in, right. in any two movies. Right, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I have to say that the favorite children that I enjoyed were on the Christmas Vacation one. And that's actually the favorite, my favorite movie when it comes to National Lampoons. The others are good, but yeah. you get definitely a bigger barrel of laughs for this movie, the Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> and that's yeah. my opinion, of course. But I've always, that's been always my favorite. And the whole cast was just great. And yeah, Randy Quaid is hilarious. He does a great job playing the crazy cousin. And I love when they're at the grocery store and he's getting like two kinds of all the dog foods. And it's like, because he knows Chevy Chase is going to be paying for it all. And yeah. it just, it cracks me up. Yeah, Clark, pick up something for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. hilarious. It's just. Too, too good of a movie, and you guys, yeah. you know, of course, it's Christmas Day right now, so I'm sure it's on the TV. You should definitely oh, be watching oh, yeah. it, because yeah. I know I will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like I said, I, and I, I, later on, I worked with Juliet Lewis, who played 
Jeffy Chase's daughter. Mm. Uh, she played Audrey in in, uh, in Christmas Vacation. She, I worked with her on a TV movie called Too Young to Die. We kind of a couple of months after we did Christmas Vacation, we had a blast on that, and she was working opposite Brad Pitt on the Too Young to Die, and I had worked with Brad Pitt on another film named Cutting Class, and <laughs> Julian Lewis and I, when she saw me, she jumped up, grabbed me, and hugged me, and then Brad Pitt oh. goes, wait a minute, you know this guy, I know this guy, we worked together, so <laughs> Julian Lewis and I and Brad Pitt had a nice time on the set of Too Young to Die, a TV movie, but yeah, you, you meet some, you meet people, and you just have fun with them, you know? And this was one of the better sets that I've worked on. And it is, it, it, it has given me some nice memories on this particular set, you know. Oh, I bet. Yeah, okay, so Too Young to Die. I will definitely have to check that movie out. I don't think I've ever even yeah. heard of it. But yeah, I it, love Julia. It's a TV movie called Too Young to Die with Brad Pitt and Julia Luce. And they actually cut me out of the film. Really? Yeah, yeah they cut me out. I was a military officer on this, uh, Juliet Lewis is looking for Brad Pitt. He's, he's, he ran out her on, on her in the script and she's going all these places looking for him and he was, she's looking for him uh, on this uh, military base and she comes to the military base and we, she, we have some interaction and while she's trying to find Brad Pitt. But uh, yeah, they cut that part out of the movie, which is, which is the way it goes. Oh. I know it's the way it goes, but that must have been disappointing. Shame on them. I bet it would have been a way better with you in it. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. But that's that's the... It's happened before. It's happened, it's right. definitely happened before, you know. But hey, I still love it. I right. Love it. At least you got to hang out with them and had fun on that set too, I'm sure. You know, Alexander, what, so jumping back real quick to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, besides your part, of course, because that that scene when everyone's rushing in and, you know, to get the kidnapped boss, what is your favorite part of that movie? I I think my favorite part of that movie is my interaction with Chevy Chase and his and. The, the character that I didn't know when I delivered the lines, his boss, Chevy Chase's boss, when I said, hey, it's pretty low, mister, if I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you. Yeah. It took me a while to realize who that really was that I was speaking to, my dialogue. That Chevy Chase's boss in that movie was Bill Murray's brother. Really? Brian, Brian Doyle Murray. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it, it it took. We did that movie thirty one years ago. <laughs> I just found out that was Bill Murray's brother about five years ago. Oh, that's hilarious! Wow! And, when, and next time you see that movie, look at Chevy Chase's boss. He looks exactly like Bill Murray. He even talks like Bill Murray. When you now that you know that's Bill Murray's brother, when you look at him, you're gonna. You're probably gonna go. Wait a minute! It, you're gonna probably feel stupid for not knowing that's Bill Murray's brother. I know I felt stupid. <laughs> All these years, I never knew that was Brian Doyle Murray, Bill Murray's brother. But once you see him, you're gonna go. Oh, of course, you know. Wow. So, yeah, yeah that, that 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 was kind of interesting for me because I just did not know it. 
right see that's what i love like the behind the scenes the facts about movies that you don't know about that people don't know about that you know people in the movie don't even know about so that is really really cool and yes i will be watching it today of all days christmas and i will absolutely be it's interesting like you said when you like don't know something but then when you figure it out and then you're watching and you're like Oh my God! How did I not know this? It's yeah, a dead ringer. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> and I also have to give a wonderful shout out to the director Jeremiah Shishek. He, he he was he was really a nice, you know, he was really a good guy to work with. You know, he he did, he, he directed some commercials and. Uh, he directed Benny and June with with uh, Johnny Depp, but he's been around a while. But I definitely got to give a shout out to Jeremiah, the director. He, the sweetheart of a guy. That is awesome. Yeah, and a shout out to everybody who is in that movie because that oh, that movie, a lot absolutely. of people, like you said, people who are younger than the movie itself, admit to you growing yes. up off that movie, and st- so that's sure. that's great. You know, for me. We love watching movies during the holidays. We usually have National Lampoons on, of course. And then another favorite Christmas movie of mine is um, The Christmas Story, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. I that, that, that movie cracks me up beyond relief, just like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And, of course, you can't forget John Candy and Steve Martin and Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. That movie's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you just gotta love those movies. You know, those kind of movies. They're heartwarming. They're they're sad at some parts. You know, like when you find out John Candy's wife is dead at the end of that movie, and and just different things like that. But then there's parts where you're just like, oh, that's sweet, or oh, that's too hilarious. Oh, that's way out there. You know, just or oh, I'm glad it's their family and not my family. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. You better believe it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Alex, before we end this, I just need to ask you real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, since this is a special holiday bonus episode being released on the merriest of days, Christmas, I want to hear, you know, people have their different personal Christmas traditions that they do with their friends and family. What do you do on this joyous day? Whoa! Hey, now you have the wheels turning. <laughs> Well, first of all, I thank God, thank the Lord for for being alive for another Christmas. Absolutely. Probably number one thing. But, you know, I I guess I just thank God for being alive and doing what I love to do. And I'm coming close to another end of another year and praying that I make another one, make it into the next year. And my life has been so blessed and amazingly wonderful I off the top of my head of people that I know and hang out with or family I mean I work with them all the time but people I'm speaking to people that I know hang out with or grew up with I can't think of any of people like that that are doing something that they love so much they would pay to do Yeah, and my whole life has been that way that is a blessing from God. I just thank God, whether it's more so on Christmas, because that's, you know, Christmas. But every 
day to me is a blessing. It's Christmas, it's New Year's, it's Thanksgiving, it's my birthday, and every day rolled all into one. Because I look at, if, let's say, if I don't wake up on my birthday, it doesn't mean anything. So any day I wake up, any day I'm alive, any day I'm blessed with, every second I'm blessed with is just a treasure. And I enjoy life so much, this is another story that is actually true. There was years, years, I think I must have been 25 before I knew what stress was. Hmm. I kid you not. Wow. (laughs) You're probably going to laugh at me, but this is honest to God truth. I thought stress was a dance. <laughs> you know when people say, hey, I'm stressing out. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, they're, they're dancing, so they're stressing out. I really didn't know. Because I live with this philosophy, and I can't, can't anyone tell me that this is not the truth. But people complicate it. And life is just this simple. And I ask the world, please don't complicated. There are problems in life you can't do anything about. I'm not saying that. But life basically is this simple. If you have something you think is a problem and you can fix it, what's the problem? Don't spend a thousandth of a second beating your head against the wall, screaming and yelling and beating the kids and fighting and going to jail and shooting and killing somebody. It doesn't make any sense. You have something you think is a problem, and you can fix it. Shut the heck up and fix it. Right. Straight to the chase and fix it. And now, if you have something you think is a problem, and you can't fix it, what's the problem? You can't fix it anyway. So what are you beating yourself up for and going crazy and worrying and stressing out about something you can't fix anyway? Just accept it and move on. And when, the, when you have a, something you think is a problem, when anybody has something that they think is a problem, you, the only thing you have to do, the only thing you have to do in life is figure out which category does that seemingly problem fit in. Does it fit in the I can fix this category? Or does it fit in the I can't fix this category? And act accordingly. Right. So, it's so simple. Yeah. It's ridiculous. An infant baby can understand that. <laughs> and we grow up and go to Ivy League University and and try, and try and we complicate something very simple. And that's been my theory, and it has worked. And I have, there are problems in life. I have problems, and I, so I fix them. If I can't fix them, I accept them and move on. So, I, my life is great, and I, I, this is another thing I believe that people look at me crazy. I, I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I am crazy, <laughs> but I have so much fun in life, because if I have a problem, if I can fix it, I fix it, and if I can't, I don't worry about it. I have so much fun, I really believe I am going to be dying and having a good time doing it.
So the things I can't do anything about, I make friends with it. When death comes to get me, I'm envisioning saying to death, look, where have you been? Do you know what time it is? I'm 108. Are you just getting here? What? Do you know what time? All right, come on, let's go. Let's go. All right. Hey, I tell everybody, okay, I'm gone. Hey, hey, you'll be alone. You'll be alone. And it's, life is just that simple. Right? Things things you can't do anything about, have fun with them, shut the heck up, and move on. Absolutely. And wow, Alexander, 108, what is this, Green Mile? (laughs) (laughs) You're you're looking at your clock, your your watch on looking at a grim reaper and pointing at the watch going hmm where have you been you've been you're kind of late now grab my yeah. hand and let's skip down the meadow <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. like, you know, yeah he's, i guess he's in depth it's like you know I, I was stuck in track you know uh, you know uh, okay well come on let's go All right. <laughs> hey, life is a blast enjoy it while you're here because you know you know death is out there somewhere but uh, yes. when it comes, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and talk for a minute and say, hey, where in the world have you been? Right, absolutely. So, well, and you said death is everywhere. You know, I'm actually, I think I told you this during an email, I'm actually a paranormal investigator who plans oh, yes. to do a ton of investigating in Tombstone. So who knows, in October next year, maybe you'll join me on an investigation oh, looking for spirits. Oh, I, I would extraordinary love that. I forgot <laughs> about that. You do do that. That's your, that's your, that's your podcast originally, isn't it? Yes, yes. Actually, this is that's the very right. first podcast that episode of mine that isn't about the paranormal. And so, yeah. Oh, I want to thank you for taking your time out <laughs> and make me be the special one where you, where you go off track. Yes. You know, your paranormal thing. I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling special here. Look at you. Making me feel like a gazillion dollars. I love it when you do that. Well, likewise. You make me feel like a gazillion dollars, and I just appreciate you so much being on. And that was the first thing that said after we left by talking to you. We looked at each other and said, that was one of the nicest guys ever like we all agreed on that and even to this day afterwards we still talk about it so you know what you guys listening you guys and gals probably in october i'm gonna have alex on again and we're gonna be talking about our investigation with the ghost yes yes, let's do that (laughs) we're done that now you want to talk about an adventure right omg OMG indeed. OM ghost. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And hopefully we're going to have some ghost stories to tell. Absolutely. I never walked away from an investigation and I'd have something to share, so. All righty. Well, Alexander, before I let you go, I know earlier you said that, you know, when you say something like, I'm going to go to the store, no, you got to say, hey, I'm going to go to the store. I'll be right back. I need to hear you say your famous line in that movie. And I know you said it for me. The look on your face was so cute. You were like, Mr. So I needed to, you know, get some oomph. And you need to tell us that line. I actually love saying this line because people love it. The world loves it. 
said, I got to thank Chevy Chase again for coming up with it. I got to give him the credit. Yes. He gave me the line, and thanks for making people love that line. Uh, and you know what? That's pretty low, mister. If I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you like boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and yes, you know indeed. that that part when you like and i recorded it on video so i we get to watch it over and over again and it's so cute but you have this look on your face when you go oh and you like like you want to punch a wall and it is so yeah. funny we i loved it it was awesome <laughs> i love it that's what i mean when you you gotta believe what you're saying right you gotta go there when you say the words, you got to believe that you're saying those words. Right. If, if those words are not in your head, I mean, everybody will know it and you'll know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Alex, you know, it was just so amazing having you on. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on. And I really hope you have the most amazing Merry Christmas ever. Thank you. My pleasure. And you too. And people, if you don't come back and listen to Paranormal Prowler's newest episode, I will come and beat you with a rubber hose like <laughs> you've never been beaten before. <laughs> I love it. Yes, you guys. So you better take that seriously. You better come back yes. and listen, or I'm going to get a hold of Alexander. <laughs> and the rubber hose is coming, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Both Alexander and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Very so. God bless and thank you so much. What a pleasure talking all things Christmas with Alexander Folk. He was such a joy. Now, I really hope every single one of you have a phenomenal holiday, whatever you're celebrating. Did you enjoy this week's episode? I'll take that as a yes. Listen to the others, you guys. They're all merrily wonderful. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen right now. Roam on over to any of the podcast platforms such as CastBox, Overcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your other awesome podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcasts lurking in the background. Fa la 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 la, the city special city shoutouts go to... Merrillville. Indiana, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Fort Collins, Colorado, Sandstone, Virginia, and Chandigarh, India. Hoping each and every single one of you have a phenomenal day today, whatever you are doing, that's filled with love, happiness, laughter, good food, awesome company, cheerful music, funny movies, and merry memories.